Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants from the best place to grab a hot dog or pizza to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting chef Alberto Landgraf, who is one of the leading chefs in Brazil. His restaurant, Otec in Rio de Janeiro, has been voted among the 50 best in Latin America. Alberto Langraf started his career working with Tom Akins and Gordon Ramsay in London and returned to Brazil to open a piece in Sao Paulo. In 2018, he relocated to Rio de Janeiro and opened Otec, focusing on his Japanese heritage through simplicity and precise technique. We'll hear Alberto Langraf's story about his journey from a farm in southern Brazil to become one of the top names on Brazil's diverse culinary scene. And at the end of the podcast, he'll reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Rio de Janeiro and the rest of the world. You'll also find these places in the World of Mouth app and in our podcast notes. Who is uh, Alberto Landgraf? Um, yeah, I, I, it's kind of hard to one define it, you know, to one define itself, but uh, I'm just a guy who likes to live life in full and uh, to explore. I'm a very curious guy, always looking for new things. And in cookery, I found a job that would allow me to do that on a daily basis. You know, if you work in a bank, you have to, there's not much else you have to do other than make money. In cookery, you know, there's so it's such a wide uh such a wide discipline that would me allow me to that would allow me to to search for new things every day so i'm just a guy looking for you know to learn more and to be a better person every day you're based in rio de janeiro yes yes i'm based in, in brazil i'm not from yeah. here but i'm based here you have a restaurant in uh, rio yes. please tell me which one is that uh it's a place called otec uh o t e q u e And the name comes from a Radiohead song called uh, Idiotech from the Kid A album that uh, basically says that uh, because Otec means place, you know, a bibliotheque, the place of the books, an Otec, a place of the wine, uh, uh, a discotheque, a place to, uh, uh, you know, to dance. And, uh, and um, you know, a guy from Radiohead when they wrote that song, They said the idiotech that the world is a place for idiots these days, and so it's a heavy criticism to capitalism and uh, excess, um, you know, expanding and uh, uh, and you know this 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 culture that we have that you know more is more, and uh, being in a social challenged country like Brazil, doing fine dining, you know, as we do uh charging the prices we do for me uh the name of the restaurant is a daily reminder that uh of a how privileged person i am to have this opportunity to do this here in brazil because you know people starve to death every day and uh i'm here selling wine you know a bottle of wine that costs people what, what people make 
in two or three years. So, you know, um, it's, it's just a, a, a way to absorb self-criticism and uh, to remind myself how privileged I am and, and to be grateful instead of getting complaining about this or about that. Please tell me about your background yeah. and uh, your childhood. How did uh, it all start and, and where in Brazil? It's insane because it started in the south of Brazil, in Maringá. It's a south, it's a city in the south, uh, not, not in the extreme south, but in the middle, in the, in, in the southeast of Brazil, uh, where my father was a farmer and my mom was a teacher. But I had no interest in cooking whatsoever. Um, But then uh, when I, uh, my, my degree was in physics. And then when I was, when I finished it by, you know, by the time I was 19, 19 to 20, uh, I realized that uh, although I loved it, the, the career I could pursue with it, the, the careers, the option of careers I could pursue with it, uh, there weren't many. You know, there's no money for research in the world. You know, scientists, they, they really struggle. And, and, uh, and then uh, I went to a backpacking um, trip to Europe. And, uh, and during this backpack, you know, the last stop would be London. And when I stopped in London, uh, there was a friend of my family there. And his, this, friend, this friend of the family said, but you can go back to Brazil now. You have to explore more. You know, now that you're here, You know, this is, you know, where the world's, everything happened in, you know, in, in modern history world, you know, because you can go to, to Asia because we they were there much before us. So, um, uh, so I, I decided to stay in London and to stay in London, I had to get a job because uh, the exchange rate for the money, the Brazilian real to the, to the British uh, pound, British terms, it, it was like insane. And uh, although my, my father was helping to support myself a little bit, uh, I still needed some money. If I wanted some pocket money, I, I needed to work. So I started working in a coffee shop. That led me to... I'll make a long story short here, okay? That led me to a kitchen. That led me to... And I'm going to be very clear. I know by the time I was 20, I had never fried an egg in my life never ever and then uh, and then that led me to one kit to a kitchen that uh, the chef you know told me Alberto you you have too much uh, potential to stay in this kitchen so I'm gonna send you to another one uh, and then uh, and then in less than two or three years time cooking, I was working Gordon Ramsay, Anthony Demetri, Tom Akins, and all the big players at the time. And, uh, and that's what, how, how it started. Then I came back to Brazil, um, opened my first place called Epis in Sao Paulo. Uh, we were there for five years, and, um, which I thought would, would be my last stop. Uh, you know, I was going to be there forever. Uh, but uh, Brazil is a big country, so you have... He You know, it's like the U.S. have a lot of hubs where you can go and uh, they're economically and, uh, and uh, they have the population, the density uh, for you to have enough customers to, to come to your place, for a place like this. And then, uh, but then I got married to a woman, to a girl from Rio. Uh, we, we've been since divorced, but uh, 
Um, I'm pretty sure you heard that from chefs before as well. And, uh, and uh, so here, I, so I closed a piece and opened a tech and, uh, and, uh, and here I am. Here I'm very happy. Otec's been much more successful, way beyond my wildest dreams and, uh, and has, you know, given me the opportunity to, to do things that I never expected I would. And uh, tell me, Otec, what kind of restaurant, how would you, I mean, have you to describe your own restaurant? What, what would you tell about that one? Dogma-wise, you know, I was reading a book from Kenya Hara, the chief designer from Muji. And uh, I'm gonna steal a sentence from him because I myself was in, was was not capable of coming with one uh, or at least I'm honest to say that I stole. I'm using someone else's uh, 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 wiseness, and uh, it says it says that Muji's uh, mission was to make what is sophisticated simple, and making what simple sophisticated. So that's what attack oh, is yeah. is all about. And, uh, but then when you go one step down and think about ingredients, of course, I mean, Rio, you know, you know, Rio is known as one of the main, one of the most well-known, uh, beach cities in the world, in the world. So it's only natural that we would focus on fish and seafood because of the temperature it's during, during, during the winter, you can go out in the evening and it's 35 Celsius. So it's it's insane. So you, it had to be light. It had to be fresh. It had to be um, it had to be something that people would go out after having a meal and you know getting that get inside that sauna that's outside the restaurant because we don't have air conditioning and they still feel well. And one thing that uh, I started noticing noticing after uh, years in this business is that. Uh, uh, sometimes you give people too much food and they don't, you know, you, you go out of the restaurant like, mm, uh, ate too much, nothing so well, drank too much. So I wanted people to get out of the restaurant and, and you know, feel well, their, their body to feel well as well. Not only their palate or their, their, uh, and their, or their intellect. So it's, um, uh, you know, that basically that's, a, that, 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 that's what attack is, you know, it's, um. As a as one of my customers define themselves, is the uh, it, it's the it's it, it's the highest sophistication he's ever has showcased in the simplest way he's, he has ever seen in his life. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, could you mention a few uh, the style of cooking and the produce? Uh, you mentioned a lot of seafood and, yeah. and so, but um, could you name a few say, uh, signature dishes if you had to? Yeah, yeah, uh, we have a few. Uh, we have one that uh, it, uh, I'd, I'd say it's uh, number one. And it's also the hardest. It's a uh, it's something. It's a brioche. Uh, we 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 toast the bri- we toast the brioche. We put a very thin slice of raw foie gras on top of it some toasted spices on the foie gras and a pickled sardine uh, on top of it. Um, that's uh, one of them. We have a, a very slow roasted onion that we stuff it with sea urchins and uh, with fresh sea urchins 
and uh, farofa, which is something that um, we eat every day here in Brazil with everything, that to, to add a little bit of texture and uh, and a muscle cream. Um, you know, from from recent times, we have uh, um, we we steam and we ha we have a. Um, uh, a, a fish tank, a, a, not a fish tank, but a water tank. So we get the oysters like last minute. We just put them on the, on the uh, we steam them slightly for 10, 10 to 15 seconds. So they can, they just barely open. We take the oyster, oyster out, finish them off on the barbecue. And then we serve it uh, with um, different garnishes as the, the year goes on. Uh, right now we're serving it with uh, with uh, some uh, fermented tomato juice, some confit tomatoes and sorrel leaves. Um, uh, and, uh, and for dessert, I'll go with, uh, we have uh, a raw Brazil nut ice cream. That's also, that's something that, uh, it's just a scoop of ice cream, but people come, people travel to eat that thing. And I have to control because otherwise I, uh, it's, a, it's a very hard ingredient to get. So it's not available like on the menu and everything. People have to ask me and um, and we try as much as we can not to give them. But, you know, we, we eventually, you know, have to, to share that with someone. And uh, and now we are making our own chocolate. So we, we have this chocolate sorbet that uh, with um, with citron pepper. That uh, that's uh, it's one of the desserts that's coming out of development right now. That's also pleasing me a lot. If you look back, uh, uh, like a few years, maybe even ten or fifteen, uh, on the uh, the Brazilian gastronomy, there's been a really a huge evolution there, with chefs like you and Alex Atala and so. Uh, if you look back, I mean, from your, as you said, in your childhood, you weren't much into gastronomy, but say 10 or 15 years back, what's, uh, which has been the major like milestones? Uh, if you would have to generalize something about the, the uh, Brazilian gastronomy. Uh, the important thing here is to understand is that the major factor for that to happen is that uh, with the... The, the, the economy became more stable and the middle, cla middle class expanded a lot because the rich, they always would go to restaurants and the poor and, and the, the, the base of the pyramid will never go to restaurants. So you need to have like a, the, the larger your middle class is and that happened throughout whole South and Latin America. That's why, we, you know, it's not only Brazil, the whole La South and Latin America is is so much into into discussions because the middle class is expanded. So more people start traveling, more people start going to restaurants abroad, more people start information. We they could say that people they admired were always in restaurants having wine. So we want to do that as well. So that opened first. First was on the on the on the economic politic playground that opened that uh, that uh, that possibility for us. Uh, second is that uh, you know um, a lot of a lot of young chefs um, start doing what I did twenty three years ago. They start doing that. Guys that are ten years younger than me start doing that, but with the purpose of going out 
and seeing different things, learning different things, and coming back home and uh, and trying you know trying to do something with that the knowledge they they accumulated while uh, abroad and uh, and uh, of course uh, I see that uh, you know uh, you know with what Alex did, what Rene did, what uh, a lot of guys did with uh, you know giving a lot of value to what's local uh, also really helped in a place like Brazil because before uh, th this this for me was the big game changer because before everybody would come back to Brazil and wanted to open a place in Rio and Sao Paulo and and we were so overcrowded in this in these big places but now they come back they go back to their own uh, you know home state or hometown and they open something there and uh and uh and there's clientele there there's media attention there because today with instagram and all these tools you can you know you, you can show your work you know basically anywhere in the world in a you know in a in a flick of a of, of you know of, of your fingers so people started to you know the good food good gastronomy started to, to spread all over brazil with good technique, with uh, with professionals of a high level, and uh, and uh, so not only Rio and São Paulo have a, a gastronomic scene now, but the whole of Brazil does. For me, that was the big game changer and quite an evolution, like in like in many countries. But in in I mean in in South America, we've seen this in so many countries, uh, including including Brazil. In the next part of the podcast, we'll hear Alberto Landgraf's favorite restaurant recommendations in Rio de Janeiro and the rest of the world. If we uh, uh, talk about restaurants as we are, are talking now uh, and looking at your hometown um, in, in Rio de Janeiro, um, when you go out, uh, when you, uh, uh, I mean, whenever you go out, out to eat and so, Uh, which uh, favorite places would you have there there in your your hometown? Okay, um, of course um, we we live this life. You know, it's it's natural that when uh, it's kind of natural that when you go out, you don't want to go to something that is much closer, much close to what you do in your work. You know, a lawyer doesn't go out to, to read. You know, I don't know some legal. A legal book he, he chooses another book you know to read so uh so i go to places that are simple they're fast to eat because you know i have one i have one and a half day off which for me as uh, as the owner of the restaurant it's not off really but you know so i just i don't want to spend half of my day inside the restaurant on my day off because i already do that you know and uh with all this traveling and all this Jet, jet set of chefs around the world that for some reason became part of it you know it's uh you know you already spend a lot of time in restaurants uh even when you're traveling so um there is a, a place called the uh, la butamar it's a it's a it's a fish and seafood simple place uh it's what we call boteco here uh It's um I really love it. I, you know, I just go there and I sit there, I have a drink and uh I eat some, you know, some raw fish, some really nice raw fish, some really uh would be very similar to what Fiskenbar is in 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 Copenhagen. 
as you must. Um, okay, yeah. There's a place yeah. called there's a place there's a place called Galeto Sats, which uh, they they do like a, this is very traditionally real. They do chicken hearts on skewers, and then you know you with the toothpick you you just spend the afternoon watching the football eating you know uh, chicken hearts on the skewers. Uh, with your friends and having a cold beer, that's the best place in town. There's a place called uh, Boteco, as we said, Rainha. It's, um, this is a guy who who was in fine dining and then he decided to open some places that are simple. So it is a sophisticated, it, it is very good food. It is great food. Sorry, what, what kind of dishes would, would they serve in that place? Uh, they have rice dishes, you know, seafood rice dishes. They have like a, the best pork crackling that I've had in my life. They have, a, you know, pastel. They have a small, we, 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 traditionally here, although it's very warm, traditionally we have like little, little, and it comes in literally in a glass water, like a little uh, soups, which you call caudinhos, with different flavors and uh and um, you know, all, all, he he brought together all the different uh, kinds of botecos in one place and elevated you know the the level of uh, you know the level of the ingredients. He buys ingredients from the same places that I do, so you know it's uh, he he really took it a step further. And uh, you know this is the a great place to go. And um, but of course we cannot forget you know the other ones that were there before. Uh, there is a place, of course, we're by the sea. So there's a place called uh, Della Mari, which is like in front of one of the one of the most beautiful views that we, you could have here in, uh, in Rio de Janeiro. Um, and uh, and uh, and there's a place called Bar do Mineiro. This is a very interesting place because he's one of the biggest art collectors you have in Rio. So Brazilian art. So you go to his bar. It's great for feijoada on Saturdays, and uh, and he if he looks at you and for some reason he likes you, he takes you to see his art collection. It, you know that's the biggest privilege you can get. In the least expected place, you you get a you know you you, you get something like that. So you know those other places. Um, I go day to day. When I want to go uh, for a date or something like that, I go either to the bar. That there's a small bar. This I'm I'm giving you my my hidden gem here. There's a really small bar inside uh, the restaurant Cipriani in Copacabana Palace, where you can have a dry, uh, a, a perfect dry martini, and uh, you know, and uh, and um, the great a great aperitif, you know, and uh, and keep hours talking because you have privacy and you have silence and you don't have all those crowns around you. Uh, to have a good place of pasta, which I love, uh, there's a place called Grado, and uh, and to cap it off, um, there's a place called La Sai, which is a Michelin star, fifty best restaurant, which is if you wanna go for fine dining and you wanna have a special occasion, and uh, when you wanna impress your your guests and uh, even visiting chefs and people from the industry, that's where I tell I ask, you know they ask me for indication. Um, you know, I mean, normally they already know about the place, but you know, it's it's a place called La Sai. So, those will be my hometown. Uh, you know, those will be my hometown uh, recommendations. 
And how uh, the, the the food uh, the the style of the food in the last recommendation you said? Uh, Lasai is a very vegetable driven place, uh, but uh, he spent many years. Hafa spent, which is the chef, is a great good friend. Spent many years in the Basque country, so he has a lot of influence of the of that area. But um, as myself, it's, it's someone who does not limit himself to one style. Uh, I'm this or I'm that because you know s someone wiser than me said those who define themselves you know limited themselves. So you know he's very open. He's very wide. You know he's he he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time. But his main the main, the same way main, my main focus is vegetables, uh, it's seafood and seafood. Uh, cook it uh, always uh, on, on over embers over you know charcoal and. Uh, You know, his are vegetables and uh, he's very more, he has a, and uh, he grows his own vegetables. You know, he, he, he's, he's got, he's got very nice, uh, you know, approach to fine dining that uh, I think, uh, you know, more chefs will look forward in the future. And he was one of the pioneers on that, on that front. Uh, you mentioned feijoada. Uh, if you would have to pick one place for feijoada in Rio, which one would that be? Bar de Mineiro, without a doubt. Okay. Okay. Uh, something other, uh, something else. Uh, you have this uh, mukeka dish, the the fish mukeka. Do you? Uh, yeah, the is there like a special place for that one? Boteco Rainha, the one I mentioned that uh, the one I mentioned before, and the, and La Butamar, you know the seafood place, the the, the seafood neighborhood place that I told you about. Uh, they also have a great mukeka. Uh, and for someone who doesn't know what a mukeka is, how would you describe a mukeka? A mukeka is a stew uh, made with uh, fish stock, coconut milk, and um, a palm oil called dende that came with the um, with the slaves, and uh, the slaves brought it to Brazil and uh, and uh, for themselves, and then it became something that uh, everybody, a lot of people use it. And you know the funniest part, you know, to, the funniest part, and also how the world spins around that uh, those two dishes you asked me about, those were slave dishes that, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, they would eat because the feijoada, because they were only giving the offcuts of the, of the pork of the, you know, so they had to cook the nose, the tail, the trotters, the, the ears and everything, you know, the, 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 the belly, the scraps and, um, So the that's the feijoada, and the moqueca, same. You know, they they they, they had uh, to cook only things they could find in nature, which was coconut, uh, you know, fish which comes from the water, and uh, and uh, and uh, then that that they brought that they came into one of the ships and uh, and uh, one or a few of the ships, slave ships, and uh, and stayed here. So. It's it's crazy, right? That uh, you know the dishes that Brazil is most known for nowadays are dishes that aren't actually Brazilian. They became Brazilian because you know the slaves brought them over. If we then uh, go to other places, uh, uh, the rest of the world, uh, other cities, maybe Europe, the US, or so, any other favorites there? Yes, I do have my favorites. Uh, in the U.S., um, I love Saison in San Francisco, which um, I don't know when this is going to be air, but I'm going there the 
I'm traveling there tomorrow to cook with with them for a week. It's it's probably my favorite place to eat in the world. It's like really apart from Japan. Japan, I think, is a sushi and things like that. Let's let's leave that out. Season, uh, uh, and I love a place in New York called Frevo. Uh, it's a it's a it's a new place for from from a Brazilian guy. Um, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's you know it's doing great great job there and uh, I think he's going places. Um, uh, what, what, what style of food would he cook there? You said Brazilian. Uh, this I'm going. Uh, this I'm going to be more, a, a bit. No, it's 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 more French fine dining. This I'm going. We, we, okay. They have one or two Brazilian touches, but here I'm going. You know, a bit more French fine dining here. A, a bit a bit more upscale here. Uh, in Paris, I like two yeah. places. Uh, I'm gonna say two places about Paris. There's a place called Brutos, which is uh, also run by a Brazilian guy called uh, Lucas. Um, it's uh, he has a few more Brazilian touches, but still a very good uh, bistro. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's a there's somewhere in between the bistro and the 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 Michelin star place. He's very well placed over there. And um, there is creativity. There is good ingredients. There is, you know, a, a, a beautiful wine list. Uh, his wife is a sommelier. And the place I went recently called Parcel, Parcel which is also yeah. great food, great traditional food. Uh, but And the wine list as well, because when you go to France, you, you want to not see this wine list that... We, we can put our hands into 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 you know where when where is abroad but uh, so there's two places um, but and and there's two more places that I couldn't go without mentioning uh, one is a place called Florilege in Tokyo uh, amazing some of my best meals of my life were there and uh, also Odette in Singapore uh, for Chef Julian Rouillet which is um, it's amazing food. It's amazing food. You know, food is second to none. But also, also the guy's a great guy. You know, Julian is one of the nicest guys. Uh, of course, I could. I, I, I'm not even going here into those places that we we normally hear, like Noma, Central, and uh, Geranium. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to, to stay because otherwise, you know, those places everybody already know about. I'm trying to give you some yeah, new, yeah. new places, you know, so I think not only for you, but yeah, that's good. I think the listeners want uh, new places as well. I think, uh, yeah, and, yes, uh, please. So these are my like, uh, my would be my, my, my five in the world, and um. And, uh, and how would you de describe uh, Florilege? How would you describe uh, that one in Tokyo? Florilege, uh, it's 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 very precise, it's precision. It's silent. It's, it's as Japanese as it can be, but at the same time, uh, as as we said, it's not locked in, in Japanese techniques. So you know when you get when you have the Japanese ingredient. Japanese discipline, the Japanese, uh, you know, way of way of being in the kitchen, and you know their posture as professionals, and you can spread your wings a little bit and 
absorb a bit more of a of a different cooking techniques of different profile uh, flavor profiles and put that into one package that's florilege you know that you know that's an explosion of you know just goes way beyond something that you know we could ever do and it can only be done in japan because of the level of the ingredients and the dedication of the chefs that you have there We are actually uh, uh, the program is broadcasting this this week in in uh, in early uh, October. Okay. Um, and uh, just in a month or so, there's big things happening in Rio. Could you uh, with the the fifty best thing? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, we're gonna have for the first time. We're gonna host uh, the local ceremony, the Latin America fifty best ceremony here which is a dream and a nightmare at the same time, but uh, we, we're, we're very happy and uh, we, 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 we try to organize. Otec, I don't know if you know, it's a small place. I only have six tables. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing chess right now. You might, se- you mi- you, you might sell out. Is no, no, right? no. The the problem is we've been we've been extremely, extremely, extremely overbooked for three months yeah. already since the announcement. So we we're trying to play chess of how we're gonna fit all these people within five or six days, which is the period that people are around, and uh, and uh, and of course uh, it's it's a big opportunity to show showcase what Brazil. Uh, in Rio uh, has to offer to the world and it's a big opportunity not, not only to the foreigners that, that, that will come you know, to, 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 to the customers that will come from abroad but even for ourselves because this is the first time the government has decided to put a little bit of money into, into a, a big uh, food event uh, you know we, we have a, we spend a lot of t- money on samba Formula One, uh, football, I don't even go there because it's, it's you know, uh, Olympic sports because Brazil, it, you know, it, it, it does well in those things. Um, arts, music, in a lot of things, it's okay. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, I'm, 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 I agree with that. We export those things really well. But we never, we were, ne- we, we were never able to export uh Brazilian food very well because we can do that on our own we need support for the government so it's the first time they're giving us that this chance so we and our friends here uh we we were very aware of the responsibility to do a good job to be a good host and uh and to leave the whoever comes in awe and to send them home saying, saying nice things about Brazil so we can have this opportunity, further opportunities to do that in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be a, be a success. Uh, one last question and I'll let you go. Um, when uh, that is over and, and, uh, and the guests have left uh, Rio, uh, if you would have the opportunity to pack your bags and uh, travel anywhere in the world uh, to one restaurant to eat there, which uh, which restaurant would that be? Just one. Uh, I'll definitely just one. <laughs> Let, okay, uh, I I need a minute because the, the ter- 
I would probably would go to Tokyo and have sushi at Sawada, rest, Sawada Sushi, Sushi Sawada, uh, because it's, it's, it's just amazing in the, in the, <clears throat> it is really, really <clears throat> it is really great. By chance, I am packing my bags and going to Japan, but uh, I just don't know if I'm going to get the, the reservation at Sawada because it re it's a really tough reservation to get. But um, it's tricky, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll go and eat sushi. Sushi is my favorite food. I try to leave, leave out of this list and, uh, and all the suggestions I gave you. Otherwise, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you like 25 su su sushi suggestions. And, uh, and, uh, and, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely want to go and eat some sushi, you know, just to unw okay. unwind and relax. It's not going to be immediately after, but, you know, for the end of the end of December, when I take my holidays, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Japan with uh, some friends. I am going to cook because, you know, people don't let you take a hundred percent holidays. But, uh, but, um, I'll happily cook, but, uh, but, um, I'm, I'm going to Japan to, to have some sushi. Okay. And let's hope you get a table, a seat at uh, Sushi Sawara. <laughs> I'll let you know about that. Okay. I'll put the review on the app if I get it. <laughs> Very good. We want that one. We need that one. Uh, very good. Uh, Alberto Landgraf, uh, great talking to you and good luck with everything in Rio de Janeiro and uh, have a great time when you make it uh, back to Tokyo. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kenneth. And uh, I do hope also that, you know, you come over and visit us sometime soon. I'll be waiting for you. I'll hope to, to do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with Chef Alberto Landgraf, the chef at restaurant Otec in Rio de Janeiro. Find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the Wall of Mouth app, available in your app store, or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. I'm Kenneth Nars, until next week with a new podcast guest. <laughs>